movie lovers, and welcome to the show. This is your host, as always, from Movie Lovers Unite, John DeGorio, and I just want to sit, talk about something real quick, and that is Audible. What is Audible? I'm so glad that you guys asked. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers like Anne Rice, Stephen King, the list just goes on. Their whole entire catalog, when it comes down to audiobooks, is just fantastic. If you're on on the road and everything and you want an audiobook and you want to download it fast, go ahead, go to Audible. You're not going to regret it. They actually have a trial right now that you guys can actually jump on. You can actually go on ahead, go to the link, and it'll bring you up to that trial. And a matter of fact, every month, members actually get one credit to pick any title, plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection and access to Daily News Digest from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post, as well as guided meditation programs. Another thing, too, guys, that's not all they have. They also have... They also have finish. If you actually want to go ahead and do some things to actually better yourself for 2021, they have stuff for that too, like finishing more books or becoming a better parent, leader, or a person. How to books, which is something that everybody seems to grab onto a lot lately, and everything else. So, if you guys are actually looking for something to maybe better yourself for 2021, go on ahead, check out those books as well. They have a big catalog. You guys won't regret it. Go ahead, click on the link below in the description notes. Go on ahead. You guys won't regret it. Sign up for that trial period. And always, until next time, stay safe, guys, and enjoy the show. And God bless. Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. For today's podcast episode, we actually have Charlie with me again. So hello to everybody. Hello. He's my co-host and co-captain of this ship. And so first thing is first, we just want to give a big heartfelt thank you to the 323 subscribers that subscribed to our channel recently. And it means a lot to us that you guys have subscribed to our channel. We are very humbled over it. And also, too, there's more news that Charlie wants to bring. Well, it, like the reason for our sudden spike in the last few days for the amount of subscribers, we want to thank the our, the page's highest grossing viewed clip has ever had, and that's Rambo our Rambo 2 review. It is at 7.3 thousand views and counting, and that one was the one that got us like a 50-plus subscribers. <laughs> And it because our the page's current leader was uh um was the Ron Turn reboot that John and Cisco did. Um I think it was still it's still set at 3.7 or it's like or it's close to the 4K views. However, Rambo just you know what, Ram, like and we did Rambo review two weeks ago. So Rambo decided, okay, he 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 did to Ron Turn what he did to one of the guys in Rambo 2, tripped him up with some like tree wire, dragged him down the set of rocks. Stabbed him, looked, and ran away. That's essentially what Rambo's doing right now, and and that, and that I just got to give a shout out to that. That's that was that one. We just we want to do the Rambo series. Did I, I when I when we were doing this the thing about doing the series? Did I think, hey, Rambo too? Yeah, I'm. It's gonna get seven thousand views. No, I didn't even think that. 
I'm pleasantly, I was, I'm shockingly surprised and kind of grateful for it because Rambo is just a great series. This is an iconic action character. And just to see him that and him being one of the big reasons for the big jump and spike in um, subscribers. I just had to mention that. But yeah, and um, in case anybody's wondering, our Rambo 3 one's already up to 71 views. So we, cho- we, 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 we chose something, obviously, you guys all wanted. Um, yes, you know, definitely. And we chose something and we just ran with it. And for Rambo viewers, don't worry. We're not done with Rambos. We still got two more. And the next one we're about to do, I don't know when we're doing it. Can't confirm that yet. But that one's personally my favorite. And it's my buddy Sean's favorite, too. And it's probably the best, one of my favorite Rambo movies. So you have something to look forward on that. But I just want to give a shout out to Rambo, too, for just holding, like, holding my beer for when it comes to the uh, the highest viewed video in the pages history. I mean, and it's it's not often we right. can get 7K for one review unless you're like a big company or a big YouTuber like movie page, which we're just starting out, but we're getting there. Right. And like I said, this is just something that we didn't expect to happen. It was just lightning in the bottle, perfect storm. We just want to give a big thank you to our our subscribers and everything too before we start off with our movie news and matter of fact this is actually our movie news segment i hope that you guys enjoy this it's going to be a more of a little bit more of a laid back kind of atmosphere than what we normally do but i hope that you guys enjoy it so but further ado man what do we have going into our first movie news topic well first one is um this was produced um yesterday and i was like well, i was like once i saw this i'm like what well, really um so um, a little movie called The Tomorrow War came out earlier this week. Uh, came out last week, I believe last Friday, I believe. Um, um, and John and I are going to be reviewing that one shortly. I wasn't impressed with the trailer. I the movie was a lot better than the trailer. Um, and it, I mean, it's gotten a lot of bad reviews. But I mean, if you're looking for something, you got Amazon Prime. Watch it. So while you're wondering, why you bring up Tomorrow War? Well, apparently, there's already a sequel in the works for this movie. Um, the director Christmas K at the outlet states that director Chris, McK- uh, Chris McKay is expected to return for the Tomorrow War sequel alongside um, screenwriter Zach Dean and much of the original cast, which includes Pratt, Evo uh, Stravinsky, okay, um, J.K. Simmons, Betty uh, Betty uh, Gilpin, and Sam Richardson. Skydance and Amazon will once again be behind the product with the first film having launched on Amazon Prime Video last week. Um, Interesting. I yeah. didn't expect that. To be honest with you, I didn't expect a sequel or anything like that from this movie, especially the way it had ended. I yeah. felt like it was just a one-off movie. It had some... To be honest with you, it was a fun, entertaining film. I had a good time watching Chris Pratt take on some aliens and going into the time jumping and stuff like that, which we'll get to in our review on Tuesday. But, you know, I thought this was a fun, entertaining film, but I never thought, hey, this deserves a sequel or anything like that. I thought, okay... They did a great job with this. What more can they do to do this? But J.K. Simmons coming back makes me excited. Original yeah. cast members coming back, which also makes me excited. But what? my question is this. What can they do? I just don't want a, the same rehash that we got from no. this one. I want this to be its own separate thing. Because I don't like something that's repetitive. Something that we've seen yeah. before. And I know a lot of people said, well, this is basically... Um, Starship Troopers. Star Troop, Starship Troopers um, for dummies. But to me, it goes much more beyond that. Yeah. Point, though, to be honest with you, 
especially when you look at the time jumps and stuff like that. But also, too, yeah, the aliens might look kind of the same with the same movements and stuff like that. But the originality behind the time jumping was just really great. But we'll yeah. get into more in-depth yeah. stuff in our review on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, I didn't think it was like not necessary Starship Trooper for dummies because there's a lot more politics involved mm -hmm. in Starship. Like, in order to get housing in order to be able to like you know what like like employment equals citizenship so nor like that so this one people were like people were randomly forced this kind of like a draft so in a sense it, you could you could kind of say it but of course starship trooper had the iconic blood quips i mean uh, the, the classic paul verhoeven blood quips this one this was more like pg-13 but I'm a little surprised on the sequel, especially with some of the characters. Well, we'll get into the review. I'm like, yeah, well, you will that, but I'll, I'll leave it at that. So I was presently, I was shocked. I'm like, I could watch the sequel. I mean, I kind of wanted to see this and maybe this would have been kind of a cool for a theater experience. Um, I mean, the positive is it was one of Amazon's better movies that they've released this year. This is right. a lot better than that piece of crap without remorse coming to think of it the last few months now after i've watched i'm like man this was not a good movie like after i in the my, my the movie we did i kind of enjoyed it for what it was but now i'm like it wasn't good no this was, was a step up was, yeah it was a step up and that's an is it the best movie of the year no absolutely not not no 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 however it, it was a lot better than a lot of stuff that's come out this year and i gotta give it props for it um, I'm just, a, I'm just a little surprised that they're doing a sequel for this, but whatever falls in there. Right. Court. I mean, Chris Pratt can do whatever he wants at this point. I mean, he's got like, he, 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 he not, he not showering for cash at this point. So we'll see what they do with it. Um, very skeptical on it, but again, we're still a long ways out from whenever that sequel is coming out. Exactly. But also, too, I want to just mention, this does feel like a summer blockbuster type of film that you would actually put out in the movie theater versus putting it out on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Because look at the budget. You can definitely tell they spent at least over $150 million or more for this type of film mm -hmm. and everything, and they just released it onto Amazon. I wouldn't have been surprised if they were originally going to try and drop this in the movie theaters for a summer fun thing, and then just it the coronavirus just uh, took it over. But I still, I thought I had fun with it. It is what it is. I mean, I felt like it was a one-off kind of movie. I like the characters in it. But, you know, as the news breaks and everything, we're going to keep everyone up to date on what we know about this movie that for part two of The Tomorrow War. So maybe it might be called The Today's War or something like that for the sequel or just part <laughs> two. <laughs> so anyways... Uh, we're going to do our review on Tuesday at 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific Time on Tuesday. So go in and take, stay tuned for that. All right. Um, the next one, I'm kind of excited on this one. Um, there's a uh, the Kingsman creator, uh, uh, Matthew Vaughn. He's created a new spy movie um, called Argyle, which is actually been based on a book. It actually hasn't been uh, written and published yet. However, the cast, oh, my God. So anyway, um, so ahead of the long-delayed release of the latest follow-up to the Kingsman films this December, which I think looks really cool, the prequel um, called The Kingsman, which is coming out on December 22nd. We'll see if they push it because December 22nd is already a jam-packed release date with The Matrix, Spider-Man, Kingsman. So, and 
the kids movie. So if you're going to the if you're going to the movies on the Christmas holiday, you're gonna have a lot of pickings when you want to see. So anyway, um, it looks like franchise creator Matthew Vaughn has found his next big project in the form of Marv Studios' brand new feature spy feature called Argyle. Marv, uh, Marv has also assembled an all-star cast, which will feature Grammy Award-winning uh, singer uh, Dua Lupa, Lipa in her feature acting debut, which is also set to pro- provide original music for the title track and score. So the, the people that are cast in this is Henry Cavill from uh, as uh, Gerald Arrivia in Justice League is in this. John Cena is in this. Samuel L. Jackson's in this. Bryce Dallas Howard, Catherine O'Hara. Um, coming off her Shit's Creek day and Himalayan days, um, Brian Cranston and Oscar winning actor Sam Rockwell have officially signed on the star Matthew Vaughn's film out of Argyle based on author Ellie Conway's upcoming spy novel, which is expect which is expected to begin its production this coming August in Europe. Um, and then the image is um, the, the the picture of the book is this guy, gentleman standing with a gun behind his back. Um, and it's a film by Matthew Vaughn. So it will f- f- center around the world's greatest spy, Argyle, as he's caught up in a globe-trotting adventure. Marv is looking to develop the project and is becoming a, the first of a, at least three films in the potentially big franchise that will set throughout multiple locations across the world, including in America and London. Um, yeah. Argyle. And they just announced that yesterday. The cast. Oh, you're muted, John. Oh, here's the thing. I'm actually excited about Henry Cavill, Brian Cranston, all the other cast members. The only thing for me is when when it comes to John Cena, as of right now, he's very miss. He's to me, I don't really like him as that much as an actor or whatever stuff like that. That's just my opinion and stuff like that. But I'm here's the thing. I'm still rooting for the guy. I'm still rooting for that one film, which I think it would be Suicide Squad. That winds up changing the game for him. I just don't feel like he's... I really don't feel like he's found his spark yet. You know that one movie where basically... Where everybody's like comparing him to um, The Rock, for instance. I just don't see it yet. But I'm hoping maybe Suicide Squad might actually put him on that marker. But I'm excited for all the other cast members. I like Brian Cranston. I like all the other cast members. It's just with John Cena, he just is very missed for me. But I'm I still root for the guy. I'm still rooting for him. I don't go against anybody that's trying. And he he does. He tries to do everything he can to make something work. It's just for me, it's just not sticking. Yeah. But as far as the Kingsman, as far as this uh, the whole entire thing goes, I'm excited because I like the Kingsman. I like the very first Kingsman movie and everything, but the sequel, not so much. I like aspects of it, but not as much as the first one, but still you can't go wrong with the very first Kingsman movie. And then of course you also have the prequel coming out uh, this year as well, which I'm actually excited for because I've been wanting to see this since it got held back from the coronavirus, but still overall excited for it. Not so much on the casting of John Cena. What about you though? I'm excited for it. I mean, I liked Cena. I mean, he hasn't gotten many roles though. He's been really busy, so he hasn't had that chance. That um, I thought he was hysterical in Blockers. I thought that he was really great in that one. Um, it, it just that he's currently he's one that the Wipeout reboot uh, that him and Nicole Byer are doing. He's hysterical on that. I mean, the two of them that Suicide Squad is going to do it for him. Like I just from the last trailer I saw, 
like he's in the uh, he's in this like they're in the uh, the classroom and and uh, uh, Viola Davis talking about the like, Operation Starfish. So he goes, is star for a star? And he goes, is starfish slang for butthole or anus? He literally says that. Viola Davis is like, no, no. He writes that on his notebook. <laughs> like uh, the whole theater started cracking up. I mean, I think Peacemaker is going to do it for him. Because he's not only does he have he's gonna be I think he's gonna be the highlight of su- one of the highlights of Suicide the Suicide Squad he's got the spinoff series too like I mean obviously the, the James and then you got you got James Gunn and I think James Gunn's gonna be able to do it for him um like I think I think the Suicide Squad's gonna do it for him um like I said it, the Rock wasn't great when he first started out when the the roles so it, it took a while for everybody to get used to him again. The, the first the first thing he did was the Marine. Then he did twelve rounds. And he hasn't then he didn't do anything. Yeah, making my did some like direct to DVD stuff. Then he did His train rocker. Wreck. Well yeah, train wreck. I thought he was hysterical in train wreck. And that's I thought he worked supposed- now here's the thing. I thought he did great in in small roles like that to build him up a little yeah. bit. Now with small roles like that, I liked him in. Yeah, but with him carrying his own movie at that time, I felt like too as well that when it comes down to carrying his own movie, he's not he's very yeah. missed for me. Yeah, but still, um, another thing though too that I want to actually say this, um, as well, I think that James Gunn will be the guy who winds up breaking him out and everything because if why would they give him his own TV show if he if they didn't think that. Mm-hmm. He could do something yeah. with that character. Yeah, I mean, and then also too, I mean, like we may like you may not like, but Cena's obviously got that that personality of his because when um I think I mentioned it during our Fast Nine review, I this is what according uh, to Charlie's Theron, Charlie's Theron was stuck in a box the whole time, and she I think she was busy done, she was working on either the old guard or something, and she forgot some of her lines, and she said John Cena was the greatest acting partner I've had in my career to help me out to get me through the lines because like, cause like, she was like so stressed out about like, or she was just so tired because of all the stuff she did. And the credit that if you, if Charlize Theron gives you a shout out, I think it's, it's obviously you, you, you're, you're doing something right. But then again, um, John Cena, like you said, um, I think that, and then, then he didn't do anything theater wise until, um, blockers, but he wasn't the leading guy in blockers. It was more of a team effort with between him, Leslie Mann and Ike Barinholtz. Which is a hilarious movie if you haven't seen it. It's like the gender, like the gender reversal for American Pie. That's essentially what Blockers is, and essentially it's Leslie Mann, like Leslie Mann, um, John C. Knight, Barinholtz have to stop their daughters. They're trying to become cock blockers, and they're trying to they're they're following their daughters, like each one of their daughters around while they're going to prom, just to make just to stop them from having their pact. And this the shenanigans they get like the John Cena doing the butt chug. I mean, with some college kids tricking him into doing it. The movie's hysterical. So like, like I saw that in the theaters because it was it was really funny. So you, if you're looking for another comedy, I don't know where you can find it at. But if you're looking for some funny, that's like, that was a good team effort on that one. That was hysterical. But I'm thinking, and I, I mean, I liked Cena in Fast Nine. Not many people did, but I'm probably one of the few only ones did. But I think Cena's going to break out in the Suicide Squad. I mean, just from the trailers alone, in just that clip I told you, Starfish, is that slain for anus or butthole? 
I mean, I was crying. I was not crying. I was laughing. I was laughing really hard though. My, um, as well as everybody in the theater too. I was like, did I want to see this trailer in theaters? No, I did. And it's just making me like really happy for Cena's character for the peacemaker. Like nothing like a bloodbath to start the morning. Like, like you said, I need to, I need to, I, I need, I'll, I'll murder kids, moms, children, whatever, in order to get my job done. I mean, you just, he's perfect for the role, but that's me. I, I think he's going to like, then again, this movie is not, he's not a starring role. We don't know the characters, but if everybody else is all A-listers, it's kind of, they kind of, they kind of like add each other out. So I don't think he's going to be the main guy in this. We don't even know who, but either way, I think, I think he's going to become like, is he going to become rock? No, but I think he's going to become like a steady guy. And if he's got a niche, um, if, he, if this works out for the superhero runs, he, he, he we could see him as Peacemaker for a while. All right. So what else do we have on the agenda? Um, We'll get into this. I think this is a kind of a big thing. Um, so um, this was on July 6th, but uh, Peacock Inc.'s a multi-year accelerated rated pay one deal with Universal Film Entertainment Group. So essentially, this is this um, the Universal Film Entertainment Group and Peacock have announced a new licensing agreement where, beginning with the 2022 theatrical slate, all the Universal uh, UF like uh, the Universal Film Entertainment Group film content will become available to fans exclusively on Peacock as part of a dynamic, redefined pay one window. The deal includes accelerated window that will bring Universal Focus feature Illumination and DreamWorks Animation titles exclusively to Peacock no later than four months following their theatrical debuts. The traditional 18-month pay one window will be broken in three segments with titles available for the first and last for the first and last four months segments exclusively on Peacock. Additionally, beginning in 2022, original films developed and produced exclusively for Peacock by Universal will also premiere on the service. So in 2022, Universal's got pretty big stuff. So you got Jurassic World Dominion, um, which is the, the the next big blockbuster in the Jurassic World franchise, that is bringing everybody is going full circle, bringing cast from the original Jurassic Park movies, um, the Lord Dern, Sam Neill, Jeff Goldblum, and adding them with the Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard characters. Um, hopefully, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Goldblum has more of a role in this one. We'll see. Um, a new original film from Oscar winner Jordan Peele. No idea what that is. New movies from DreamWorks Animation, including The Bad Guys in the, in, and Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. The next um, the next installment in the biggest animated franchise of all time. Sean, you know what this one is. Minions, The Rise of Gru. <laughs> it's coming out next year. Why it's, on earth? Mm-mm. This is the prequel. This is Gru. Because at the end of Minions, Gru was a kid. So this is Gru... Young Gru taking over the minions. I saw the trailer. It looks actually pretty funny. Gru asked the minions to. Uh, he's trying to steal this device from the 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 the, the, the uh, these acclaimed villains. So the minions steal it and they, and they successful. And then all of a sudden they show up and Gru's like, "What'd you just do?" It's like you traded my device for a rock. And the minions like, "Uh huh." <laughs> it's not for everybody, but I mean, this the the, the minions movie. 2015 made over almost a, uh, I'm pretty sure it made close to a billion dollars in terms of bo- box office. Um, but I'm, I'm excited for the sequel. Um, I'm, I'm probably one of m- not many, but obviously, I mean, yeah. Um, let me see how much this one made. Oh yeah. 
It made uh, Minions made 1.5, like 1.159 billion dollars on a budget of 74 million. I think that was profit. So I think a sequel, and then especially with the way the Minions movie ended, of course there's going to be a sequel because it shows Gru showing up and the Minions following him. Anyway, uh, so yeah, that was it. So essentially, uh, after, like in the so Peacock's getting Universal movies in a sense. Okay, so my question is this. Is that going to be part of their free service, or is that something that they would actually, that we would have to sign up for? Um, to be extra. Peacock's normally, is usually free. Um, especially but I know, if you, right. If you, got Tom, I know, if you got Xfinity, you get, I think they upgraded you, the, you get the, the, the uh, ultimate tier, whatever the second tier of it is. Um, again, I don't know if you have to, for your, pay for a certain TV uh, thing or plan. I'm not sure the gist of that. I saw, like, mm-hmm. oh, I got the uh, premium plan. Um, it didn't specify on that. And then, like I said, it won't start till like, 2022 anyway, which next Right. Season. So it's still in the planning stages and stuff like that. So yeah. because here's the thing that I – this is just me breaking it down from a business standpoint and stuff like that because the fan of me is like okay this is good this is good news for us we can we can go see a movie support it and then come back and watch it again if we want to review it or, or just you know yeah it's it's actually not stay of it be right 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 but what i'm yeah. saying is yeah. like i know it's a couple of days later for I think basically month. about a month later but yeah, basically, basically what i'm saying is yeah Sorry. basically what no, 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 it's okay. But basically what I'm trying to say is this. You can go out, support the movie, wait a couple of months if you want to go on ahead, watch it again, and watch it for your own entertainment pleasure after that. But my main thing is this, and this goes with HBO Max. They don't make that much money off of subscribers, per se. Because here's the thing, with HBO Max, that's that, that stuff that they're, they're doing in the theaters and everything is soon going to be going away. And everything. So that leads Paramount Plus and it also gives um, Peacock a chance to rise up a little bit because I have a feeling that once those movies are um, once HBO Max makes the announcement hey look we're not going to be showing movies anymore at the same time that they're released in theaters or anything subscribers they're going to lose subscribers and everything. So guess what? They're going to gravitate towards Peacock and Paramount Plus now because now they can watch those, watch other movies within that realm of Paramount and also on Peacock with Universal. Mm-hmm. But the only thing is, they don't make. Here's the thing: they don't make that much money from subscriptions. They have to count on that box office numbers and stuff like that to help make that and everything too. So uh, I know that they're going to be making money on that front because of. Dress Park Dominion is going to be a big juggernaut of the film, but at the same time, though, you want to be able to make money on both ends. Yeah, and I everything think too. That, so that's why I was asking you uh, if there's like yeah. a. I'm not sure. With, right. It didn't specify in the article. Um, I think HBO Max is fine because they just added um an ad an ad tier to like that. I think they they get money off the subscribers because if you don't have HBO. People are going to be buying HBO, like, like subscribing to HBO Max, and that's um, if you want the ad, the ad-free tier, you got That's fifteen dollars a month, which is essentially what you'll be paying. So they still make money off that, and they're making money off the that because if we, if you have the ad tier, 
which is like the uh, like uh, that you don't have access to those it those movies on the that you would do on the ad free tier, like like I said. So um, I believe they're making money off of the that, and I think with that, I mean it's kind of like. I mean, they, I think Warner Brothers probably will come, come up with a deal. So probably be like the, uh, before, it, it, like, during after the theatrical run, and probably during when it's going on, like available on DVD and Blu-ray or whatever, they'll probably put that on HBO Max first, before or HBO first before it does everywhere else. Um, and then I think, like I, said, I think it's like the like Paramount Plus has that forty-five days, but the problem with HBO um, Paramount Plus and Peacock. They don't have original content, and that's the problem. Um, they don't have much original content to like get a bunch of subscribers. HBO Max kind of already does because they're already coming out with shows. They just released a movie called No Sun Move, which is a, a, an original movie on HBO Max, and they're still got stuff coming out as we progress. So um, I don't think HBO Max is kind of like, or because I think they're owned by Warner Brothers. So I think they're not necessarily hurting, and I think they'll come up with an idea. They'll go straight to HBO Max first, but I think I think it's going to help in the long run anyway. But that's just my two cents. Sorry if I was interjecting there, John. I didn't mean to. No, it's okay, man. You're perfectly yeah. fine. So now I know that we have some other stuff going on with um, an actor, and then we also have some other stuff going on with Black Adam. So which yeah. ones do you want to cover? Well, before I get into Black Adam, I want to mention another rock movie that's uh, – this is kind of a big one, um, and I think it's been like it's on a lot of like it's Netflix's like highest like budgeted movie like like that they've ever spent on a production budget. Um, let me pull it up real quick. Um, and it's it's dealing with the Rock. Um, so and it's the uh, um, when I pull up the article, um, I've been personally waiting for this one for a while, so. Uh, Netflix finally has the release date for the all-star heist thriller Red Notice. Um, and it's finally released date for the highlight of that Red Notice, which starred Black Adams, Dwayne Johnson, Deadpool's Ryan Reynolds, and Wonder Woman's Gal Gadot. The film is scheduled to be released on Friday, November 12th, which makes it more than a year since the project wrapped up its production back in 2020. He also, uh, uh, Dwayne Johnson, took to Twitter to hype up its premiere by describing this as streamer's biggest movie ever. Um, so... Uh, FBI's top profiler, played by The Rock, the world's most uh, wanted art thief, played by Gal Gadot, and the greatest con man the world has ever seen, played by Ryan Reynolds. So, it's a globe-trotting action comedy heist thriller designated as a three-hander uh, between Dwayne Johnson, Gal Gadot, and Ryan Reynolds. In the film, Johnson plays the Interpol agent tasked with capturing the most wanted art thief in the world, Red Notice. Um, it refers to the highest and most series of Interpol notices. There, there are eight and concerns the arrest of of one criminals. Meanwhile, Gal Gadot is supposed to play the greatest art thief and Reynolds con man. It's directed by Rawson um, Marshall Thurber, who's worked with uh, John, uh, Dwayne Johnson on Central Intelligence and Skyscraper. Netflix won the distribution right to the film in a competitive um, competitive bidding war after Universal Picture reported did not commit it, didn't commit with all the filmmakers' deals. Um, and the if you're wondering what uh, how much money. $200 million is how much this movie it, it costs to make. And Netflix bought it. And this is coming on Netflix on November 12th. Here's the thing. I love the idea of a heist movie with Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Gal Gadot, and of course Ryan Reynolds for the comedic 
parks and stuff like that. We already know who's going to wind up getting the girl at the end and everything. It's going to be The Rock who winds up getting Gal Gadot probably. But, but you know, I here's the thing. I want to see how Gal and Dwayne The Rock Johnson's chemistry is on screen. We already seen where Ryan Reynolds and Dwayne The Rock Johnson's chemistry is with Hobbs and Shaw. It's very spot on with the comedy and stuff like that. And and I'm and you know what? I can actually just imagine Ryan Reynolds doing something in the heist and everything to actually make some jokes and stuff like that. So that's not what I'm worried about or anything like that. As a matter of fact, I'm not worried about anything with this film. I'm actually excited for this because of the fact that Dwayne The Rock Johnson is kind of like Arnold in a sense where he has he's this big old huge buff dude and everything. And then you have Ryan Reynolds who's this who's ripped and then also, too, who kind of overshadows, here's the thing, Dwayne The Rock Johnson kind of, like, overshadows him by standing over him and stuff like mm -hmm. that. So I could definitely see the chemistry between them jiving up really well yeah. and stuff like that. And it'll be interesting to see what Gal can do in the movie like this with the heist film. Don't get me wrong, we've seen it in uh, Fast Five, but I like to see it in this context with yeah. The Rock and Ryan Reynolds. And yeah. of course, Netflix buying this for that much money shows that they have faith in it and knows what they want to do with it. Yeah. So more power to them. I'm, I'm happy for them. I'm happy that they managed to outbid everybody else and managed to pull it off. So, you know, overall excitement for this film. I don't think he's going to get the girl because the girl is the art thief that Dwayne Johnson's hunted down. Because mm. she she's the art thief. So I don't think he's going to get her I don't know. Like I haven't seen the trailer for this yet. I just know that you just that. Um, but this and run that brief quip when Netflix was talking about stuff that's coming out this year. Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds punches the Rock in the face, and he goes, "Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I meant to punch you in the throat." Like, and it was funny. I think Dwayne Johnson was being interviewed, like on like some radio station. He's saying the the best, the favorite actor that he's like that he's worked with his entire career is Ryan Reynolds. So it's just, I mean, that. But I'm just interested because it's. I mean, Netflix has been chucking out money like crazy. And like, the last Ryan Reynolds movie Netflix did was Michael Bay's uh, Six Underground. That was a yeah. ton of money. And that was a ton of fun. Like, that was a fun movie, entertaining movie. Again, John disagrees with me again, but... It was I like... <laughs> it was like they gave Michael fun. Bay all this money, snorted cocaine, and told him to have a good time with it. And it was nothing but him doing his Michael Bay-ism stuff. And everything in that whole entire beginning of that i'm going into a rant but that no, whole entire let it fuel you again this is one of many i'm getting you get my revenge but come on that that's that whole entire speed race and everything not speed race but them running away from the cops and everything and that and a 10 minute long yeah, that was scene. Awesome. i don't know what you're I'm, talking about it pulled to be honest i'm okay action scenes and stuff like that as long as it goes somewhere but as they play it out in the first act i'm like okay i'm bored with it i don't care anymore i mean so, I, was, I was entertained with it, the whole movie it was it was just great i mean this like i mean this ryan reynolds was great in it i enjoy i i personally enjoyed it i think but i mean it's okay i mean it's just one of many ones like this two in a row that you disagree with me on and i'm like okay yep. but i liked what it was it, it entertained me um, Ryan Reynolds was great. I thought the chemistry was there of all the castmates. The stunts were insane. Like I thought that opening car chase scene was, I mean, 
if you didn't like that car chase, you weren't going to like the rest of the movie, to be honest. And that clearly was the case. Um, but I, I mean, I liked it for I, I enjoyed it. it I'm it, glad it, that you like your Michael Bay cocaine movie with. Hey, I don't like everything Michael Bay does. <laughs> like, I mean, like that one. That one was not. I mean, Bad Boys Two was a lot more extremer than that with all the explosions. It was a lot more realistic. <laughs> a lot of CGI too. I mean, there's a lot of CGI that was like, I mean, some of how they filled that bridge sequence was pretty much. I think that was a lot. Some of it was probably the driving, like was probably real, but some of it was kind of CGI too. Like, like how do they rigged up this the 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 the, the explosions were that or the him falling on the mine? Like, I mean, so I think some of it was kind of CGI. I mean, if you it, like, not many people can go without CGI. I mean, like, sure, there was there CGI in and Six Underground, yes, but. Did it? Did it? Like, did it ruin the experience for me? No, kind of did for you, but not, not, not for me. And like I said, it's not, it's not everybody's movie. I liked it, but I noticed one. Of, I was just making a reference of how much money some Netflix had spent to make a movie like that. But I mean, you just gotta give Netflix props, and I do from being able to have, just, you know what, make it. And I was entertained by it. You weren't. But that's okay. But I think I think Red Notice is going to be a good movie. I've been looking forward to it since Universal gave that gave up the theater experience for this to give put it on Netflix. But I mean, I was in it when when The Rock was in it. I mean, I'm a huge Rock fan. But if you get Ryan, one of my other favorite actors, Ryan Reynolds, in a movie with The Rock, because I thought the, so Ryan Reynolds was like the, the 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 one of the highlights of Hobbs and Shaw. I mean, I'm in. Like I, I'm in, I'm this, I'm ready for no, like November 12th, which I kind of had a feeling it was going to be the November December range, and it and it kind of works too. It doesn't counteract with the the Witcher. Oh, um, if anybody didn't know, um, Witcher had a convention today called WitcherCon. Um, I figured I'd throw this tidbit out there. If you're wondering, um, uh, hey, when is the Witcher two coming out? Well, today they announced the release date for it, December 17th. It'll be on uh, Netflix December 17th, and they released a teaser trailer already for it. Um, so in case you in case you haven't heard today, that's that, that that was the other big Netflix news that we just I figured I'd mention quickly. December 17th, The Witcher season two. And we're also gonna be doing our neighbors watching trailers reaction video to that Witcher season two uh, trailer that dropped today as well. And we'll have that up tomorrow morning sometime. I'm pumped for it. I love the Witcher one. Um I don't typically like that. Um, I didn't care for Game of Thrones. I still got a couple more seasons to get through. I, I'm not a huge fan of it. It's just I don't like the medieval mayhem. I'm, I, didn't, I didn't really want I, – I didn't care for the sister kissing or according to Dom, it's family. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was the mean thing. So I had, to, I had to mention that. I mean, <laughs> sorry, but I just had to mention that. But anyway, I'm, Game of Thrones was just too much of that. Too many characters I didn't care for. Just I just didn't care for the show. I did love The Witcher. I loved, it. You I, see, I loved that show. Oh, I mean, except the final season, of course. But, you yeah. know. That's but anyway, um, and in case you're wondering, wait, what was that in Game of Thrones about the sister, a brother, sister? Yeah, it happens in Game of Thrones. Um, so... It's it, it, the Dom mean kind of fit for Game of Thrones. So moving on, but yeah, um, Witcher 
It's a great show. Like I said, I was a little confusing at first, but once once you got once you figured out what was really going on, you just it just blew your mind. It was. Um, I think I think they uh, Henry Cavill is perfect for uh, Geralt Geralt or Vivia. He doesn't say many he much stuff. He just grunts, sighs, and says "fuck" when something happens. You know, that that's that's all he does. And he, and he kicks ass, too. I mean, he's just badass. But anyway, if you haven't heard of The Witcher, based off a set of video games, based off a book, you have plenty of time between now and December to watch the new season or to catch up on The Witcher. It's only like, it's like eight episodes, I think, eight or ten. When that, it was, it's a, it's it's a, I want to say it's eight, if I'm not mistaken, okay. because it was oh, very easy to binge, to be honest with you, yeah. during quarantine and stuff like that. Yeah. It's it dropped. Yeah. Like, and... I mean, I've oh, yeah. never played the video games or anything like that. Never read the books. But I even said this in the audio-only podcast of watching season one. I definitely like the movements and the special effects that they did for The Witcher. Because it felt like more of a video game fantasy type of th- setting that they had it, had him in. And they understood what they were doing. So that's something yeah. I really appreciated with this uh, show, but we're gonna get into that later on when we start doing our Witcher season one for the YouTube yeah. channel and stuff like that. Because yeah. I did um, that one solo whenever I was first starting out. Yeah, um, I played. I, I I haven't gone too far into the video games. I played a little bit of it. It was fun. I know Sean, he was a big Witcher fan, and I um, and they're giving it a next gen cons upgrade for it when it comes out later this year. So you get, and then there's gonna be like. Uh, sorry, uh, free uh, tying content with the show on like for like downloadable content for the game when it comes out um, for the PS5, Xbox Series X, and if you have the P- if you own the PS4 or Xbox One version of the game of The Witcher Wild Hunt, the complete edition or whatever, you get a free upgrade to the new one coming out um, whenever that is. I don't know. There'll be more info coming soon, but figure out for that tidbit. Witcher fans, uh, season two is coming out in December. Um, like, like I said, I love season one. I thought the action was great. And Henry Henry Cavill is just, he's definitely become that guy now. Ever since Superman, he's not known, he's not typecast. Now he's kind of typecast as being a badass. And, that, and that's fine. Because he's 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 supposed to be in the new Highlander reboot. And he's going to be Highlander. I'm like, okay, I can see him as that. Because I didn't care for the ones that came, like the, the original that came out in the 90s or whatever. I didn't watch it. I was cheesy. I didn't care for it. This one I might be interested in because I think Henry Cavill can do it, but that's that's Witcher news. So anybody like so it's so we stay current. Witcher Witcher season two, December seventeenth. Okay, so let's take a look and see what else we have as far as movie news goes. Okay, um, um, more Dwayne Johnson news. Um, his Black a- long away to Black Adam movie is going to be wrapping production this week. Um, and that was on July fifth. So obviously they're done soon. So, um. Uh, he took the Instagram, the Dwayne The Rock Johnson, to share multiple updates on Warner Brothers pictures. Black Adam is on its final week of production in Atlanta. Um, yeah, so in the post, uh, he's celebrating and stuff, or getting ready for that. So it, it will be coming out, uh, I think, next year. Um, it will be led by uh, Black Adam, will be starring Joey Johnson as Adam. Um, and then uh, joining uh, the, the Rock is Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate, Noah Senate. Centineo as Adam Smasher, uh, Quintessa Swin- uh, Swindell as Cyclone, Aldous Hodge as Hawkman, um, and then there's a bunch of other people in this. I'm not 100% sure. 
Um, and he's supposedly the in the comics the villain to um, uh, Shazam, and that's actually coming out next year. It's supposed to be out December 2021 of this year. It's been pushed to July 29th, 2022. Yeah. Shazam, the very first Shazam movie was something special to me. I really had a lot of fun with that. It had a very, to be honest with you, I like the big vibe to it from Tom Hanks' movie from the 1980s. Tied, uh, that has that similarity to it and stuff like that. I just recently yeah. watched it on last month with my girlfriend and everything too and she wound up loving it i love the comedy aspects of the kids and stuff like that i'm just glad that they finally decided to go ahead and start filming because i'm like okay by the time that they start filming these kids are going to be adults and everything to the point where they're going to have to recast oh. these kids oh. all yeah, over again. black adam not shazam he's a shazam well, villain well right right right, right. but uh, i'm just doing a yeah. comparison real quick okay. as to what i liked about yeah. shazam and then going into uh, black I'm adam sorry it's okay. These are viewers. <laughs> it's okay. But yeah, that's what I'm... And also, too, now going into this mythology of Black Adam and stuff like that and finding out why he's Shazam's big villain and everything is going to be really interesting to find out. And also, too, another thing that I can appreciate what Shazam did was it gave us a look at some underground villains that we haven't even heard of and everything, unless you're a big Shazam fan. And if they introduce someone that's big into the Black Adam uh, thing as far as a, another baddie or something like that, or or some type of uh, hero in, in Black Adam's actually looking at it through the lens of a, of a bad guy and everything, I'm interested to see that. I'm interested in seeing uh, behind the lenses of a bad supervillain, to be honest with you, versus... Um, Singing it through the eyes of a hero because we've seen that before, but we never saw it through the lenses of of a villain and everything. It kind of reminds me of Carol from The Walking Dead, where she's like, "Are we the heroes or are we the villains in somebody else's story?" So I love how this is actually um, basically a villain looking at it from his perspective and stuff like that. And I'm actually excited to know that Dwayne the Rock Johnson is done filming so what about you are you excited about this mm -hmm. or i want to see more from it like i was probably going to see it because the Dwayne johnson's in it but this is kind of like in a sense this is kind of like Dwayne johnson's role that he's been trying to get done for years kind of like his counterpart in red notice ryan reynolds was trying to do a deadpool for years it took ryan reynolds 11 years to do deadpool i don't know how long it took him to like like Dwayne johnson that to do Black Adam, but I'm pretty, I think it's probably around this either a little, maybe a little bit less time, but maybe a little bit or about the same amount of length of that. But I mean, I'm going to probably see it. Um, anything like, like the rock can do probably can be a lot better than what Warner brothers has been doing a lot over the last lately. Like I think Black Adam's probably gonna be a lot better than the two Wonder Woman movies that were, were, were released. It's probably going to be a lot better than, I don't know. I think it's going up against right in the same time as the Batman with Robert Pattinson. I'm more excited for Black Adam than I am the Batman. Um, and then, because we don't have many bankable heroes. They keep rebooting Batman every two years. Come on, Warner Brothers. Get, get your head out of your butts. Like, seriously. Shazam. I'm, I, I love Shazam. I'm really excited for that. I'm excited to see a sequel. I'm excited for Black Adam. And I'm excited for Aquaman. And the the two out of the three characters I just mentioned, they're not Justice League characters. 
Derek Minor. And I'm more excited for that than I am some well, of the other Justice League movies. With just Shazam, though, he is part of the Justice League. Oh. He got here's the thing, though, he got killed in Injustice mm. and everything. Uh, but yeah, he is part of the Justice League. Oh, okay, well, everything. Then, it's just that they haven't introduced him into the Justice yeah. League or anything just yet or anything like that. He is a member of it. Okay. Yep. Um, but I mean, is this the again for us now? I mean, because with the whole Warner Brothers has screwed up the Justice League and he screwed up the timelines, he screwed up everything. It's hard to tell like that. And like, so the only ones I'm really looking forward to about DC, who would have said everybody I'm looking forward to Aquaman of all characters than I am a Batman movie because I am. I'm excited for the new Aquaman movie and I think they're filming that now. I'm excited for the new Shazam movie, which they're actually filming right now. Um, they've revealed their new costumes, which look really cool, and it's got Helen Mirren in it. I'm excited for Black Adam. I think I don't care for the new Batman movie because I don't... I There's too many Batman movies. Too many people are Batman. Oh, we got the Flash movie, so I need to see more from the Flash. I think I'm probably more excited for the Flash than I am the Batman. It's just, it looks just too convoluted, too. Like, it's going to be a melodrama. <laughs> but, I don't know, that's me. I'm not excited for the new Batman would I watch it in theaters? No. Would I see it on HBO Max for free? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, that's how little I think of Robert Pattinson as Batman. And once again, we're on a different playing field now. But, Pretty you much. know. Hey, it's all DC, so it's all it, fitting. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, with that being said, let's go on ahead and get into the next topic. All right. The last piece of news is Stephen Dwarf. You're wondering, wow, who's Steven Dorf? Oh, yeah, he was known. He had that one great hit of Deacon Frost back in the 90s for Blade. Um, mm. And he has done a lot of direct-to-DVD stuff lately. He hasn't been that. He decided to go ahead and... Um, uh, Bash Scarlett Johansson. He, yeah, so he pretty and much... Marvel fans. He, he pretty much went off and bashed, uh, trashed Marvel and Black Widow. He, he's no stranger to Marvel in 1998. He, the former child actor, started as the villain in the Marvel's big first at big screen adaptations of Blade. Flash forward almost a quarter of a century later, and Dwarf doesn't have any kind words for superhero films that have um, pro um, proliferated uh, our movie going experience um, um, and gross con- countless billions worldwide, Amy Sully, a Black Widow, the upcoming movie starts to grow it. During a Zoom call, he went over the holiday. Dorf had nothing, uh, held nothing back. He goes, I still haunt out the good S because I don't want to be in Black Widow. Um, he told the publication, it looks like garbage to me. It looks like a bad video game. I'm embarrassed for those people. I'm embarrassed for Scarlet. I'm sure she got paid five, seven million bucks, but I'm embarrassed for her. I don't want to be in those movies. I really don't. I, fi- I, I'll find that kid director that's going to be the next Kubrick and I'll act for him instead. Um, okay, so then again, he's not really the only ones that have kind of come out. Scorsese came out and wrote a, an op ed in the New York Times Blast yeah. movies by calling them theme park rides instead of actual films. But here's the I thing, mean, though, man, yeah, um, I mean, but Scorsese and everything, he has his view, right? I mean, he yeah. gave out his reason why he like he, do, he doesn't really care for them or anything like that, which I can respect Scorsese for having a different opinion. Yeah, that because that's his own formulated opinion. It's actually an opinion that yeah. he stated versus yeah. dwarfs. And here's the thing: yeah. he's also very contradictory, though. 
if you yeah. think about it. Because on comicbook.com last year, whenever I wrote that piece and everything, he said that he was interested in probably revisiting Deacon Frost, even though he's a little bit older now and stuff like that. But it'd be interesting to see what he can do with it. So he's very contradicting. He's contradicting himself. But excuse me for a minute, Mr. Dwarf. I have a quick question for you. Okay, what good stuff? Because I'm not cussing or anything like that. Because he's actually said the other, said something else. But what good stuff are you talking about? What independent filmmaker is hiring you that you feel like that's going to be on your level? Because all you're doing right now is straight to DVD stuff and everything. And Scarlett Johansson is an Academy Award winning nominee for crying out loud. She has outacted you and everything, Mr. Dwarf and everything. And here's the thing. I was rooting for you. I was rooting for you to probably reprise your role as Deacon Frost. Not only that, but even in comicbook.com, you uh, said this though too, that you still sign autographs to your fans as Deacon Frost. And now here you are trashing us as fans trashing the mcu for what it is yes you were in an early version of what the mcu almost was at that time and it also saved the comic book franchise yes but you don't back up anything that you're saying or anything like that it's not formulated on an opinion as to what um as to what anyone is saying or doing because of Martin Scorsese, at least with Martin Scorsese, I can actually agree with him to a certain extent or just say, okay, that guy, he has his opinion and everything. That's cool. You have your opinion. I have my opinion with dwarfs and everything and stuff like that. He's a selfish person, douchebag of a person to trash Scarlett Johansson, an Academy Award nominee for doing what she's doing. And she's also pumping out movies every single time. And they're not straight to DVD, douchebag. What about you? <laughs> um, like, I mean, I mean, I mean, like to the degree, I'll agree with Scorsese, but Scorsese's got to give Marvel movies credit because the his the movies that Scorsese makes, they don't they do well at the box office, but not well and like they like they they're good for his and in his lane or in his category and the stuff like there's dramas and stuff. Very rarely does a drama go out and make. 90 million dollars opening weekend not not very rarely does it happen it's sometimes like once in a often it does i mean i agree with him and to a degree but calling them theme park rides i wouldn't say no. that i mean they they, they, they right. like like you didn't if you're saying that the same thing about the marvel movies you should be saying the same thing about the fast and the furious movies or you should be saying about the mission impossible franchise right. you, you you need to you need to like not to single out marvel you need to single out because again, not everybody likes what you do. How, I, oh, Scorsese! I just got to say this: How many people have actually seen your movie Silence? And that's exactly the point. No one, because there is dead silence in that movie theater because no one saw your movie. Yeah, and, but, and that didn't do well. At the, but I mean, yeah. I, 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 he's got an opinion, and that's fine. But if you're, I, I can mean, respect his opinion. I respect it. Right. But I mean, if you're gonna like just like just say that, you gotta look at the line. Like Marvel changed it in terms of they got people back into the theaters, and they and like they're they're doing what they do because you like, you don't see Scorsese movies come out in the summertime. They're the your movie Scorsese movies are good in the fall, November, yeah, November time period and stuff. So I think um I agree with his I I I can respect his opinion, but. I mean, if you're going to criticize Marvel, you got to criticize everybody else because there's not not Marvel's not the only one that's cranking out a billion dollars. Marvel's come out with movies like that. 
Fast and the Furious franchise has 10 movies, nine movies, or 10 movies or so, including Hobbs and Shaw. And they're e they easily got they combined, they're over a billion dollars. And and I don't think you can add you can't really add up much of Scorsese movies and say, can they get to a billion dollars? I'm not bashing Scorsese. I'm just saying I respect his opinion, but I think he could like maybe like and maybe like not just single out Marvel because he's kind of jealous that he's that he can't he's not able to get movies that do well as Marvel or has that fan base as Marvel or um or just well he Marvel. has a fan base, but he does he doesn't have that box office draw like he would in a summertime, like yeah. you said. Martin is a different type of monster. Yeah. He's is for an Academy Award winning nominations and stuff like yeah. that versus for something that's actually fun in the theater for a blockbuster. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, we have I mean, two different types of opinion going yeah. here. Yeah. And I agree that, but I think if you're going to single out Marvel, you should like you should maybe mention it that by calling it a theme park, right? I think that's kind of, kind of hurtful to marvel because marvels aren't just about theme park ride they sometimes they produce really good stories because captain america the winter soldier was kind of like in a sense a scorsese movie in a sense because it's more grounded and mm -hmm. it's a and it was a technically a political thriller it, it wasn't all it's not all flashy as the other ones yeah. that the avenger movies it was more grounded yet you had two two unknown guys that just did like the russo brothers who've done a lot of community episodes and you me and dupree so and oh um and as for Steven Dorf, he worked with Uve Bowl. You need to sit down and shut up. The guy that you like that because you did alone uh, alone in the dark. I watched that movie. It's not. I mean, in times on, I watch it, but do I own it? No. I mean, for I mean, it had a great soundtrack to it. But you worked with Uve Bowl. You want to talk about that new independent director that started out as independent and went to Marvel? His name is Taiki YT. He started independence. Yep. Yeah, he started on Independence. His independent movies on that was a really cool, a really underrated one called "What We Do in the Shadows." It's a great movie, by the way, Stephen. You should probably find that out. But but guess what? He's the next big. He's the next big. Um, the next big thing because he's the independent guy. Because he went from that, he directed to Saving Thor. That man, Taiki YT, who um, went saved Thor. As Chris, he saved Chris Hemsworth from quitting because he made Thor fun, and now he's talking about the new Thor movie. Is so crazy and weird, I can't believe it got made. And if, if I have any faith in a Marvel director, that's him. Oh, and he and he did uh and, and he made and he made uh Hitler kind of funny in uh in that um um Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, I need to see that to be honest with you. That's one oh, of the movies I, watched, I haven't seen. It's just, he's hysterical in it. Like I don't, I don't, I completely despise what who Hitler was. Right. However, in the span of the movie, and it was kind of like the 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 movie itself. The movie's the movie's great. He's yeah, hilarious. Great. <laughs> he's hilarious. Yeah, he's hilarious in that role as Hitler as his imaginary friend. Like just how goofy he is. But that's Taiki. There's nobody else that can pull off that character than Taiki Waititi. Um, and, and plus, also too, what Taika Waititi did though too, he's also Jewish, so he's allowed to do that. <laughs> if it was like, anyone else, when I was doing review for it, I was really worried. I'm like saying I liked his character, but it's like you're like no, you're liking Taiki's performance as Hitler. I don't, I I despise Hitler. I hate him. I hate him. However, the, he his portrayal of him and um jojo rabbit 
is it's just so goofy. It's quirky. It's got a Wes Anderson feel to it. And then you get hit with a gut punch. I mean, that's that's just how good Taika Whitey is. So if you haven't seen Jojo Rabbit or if you think it's kind of weird, it definitely is. I mean, you have Sam Rockwell teaching kids how to throw grenades. Yep. I'm not kidding. And you're teaching them how to shoot guns or stab each other with knives. But my other question, though, too, is what what are your thoughts on Dwarf trashing Scarlet Joe? That's another thing that really ticked me off, to be honest with he's you. He's an idiot. He's, he's probably high on blue, like probably smoking that chronic or smoking that, like, whatever. He, Steven Dwarf's a has-been... Like he ha- he always was been he's always he's kind of comes off as a douche, like I mean it's just I mean he keeps saying like I I think Wesley Snipes has a better shot at getting in the Blade reboot than was uh, than Stephen Dwarf does right uh, but I mean I think Stephen needs to sit down and shut up because his fifteen minutes of fame is already up I don't I mean him bashing ScarJo for no reason like. Maybe the movie wasn't for you, douchebag. I mean, seriously. I mean, it's the first female character in Marvel to get her own movie. Did it? Did they wait way too long to do it? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure they did because that's what some of the reviews are saying. They waited too long. They should have done it after the Iron Man two, not wait so many years to do it. Um, I definitely want to see it because um, I want to see how we go from here. Um, I like ScarJo as an actress. I mean, I've seen some like a lot of her movies, and she's like I guess, and she's great in JoJo Rabbit as well. Um, but and then like I always liked her as Black as Natasha and the Black and uh, that. I thought I think her her big coming out one was the Winter Soldier. I mean, she was great. Like her, the chemistry with her and Chris Evans. Like I'm pretty sure ScarJo's got the the Avengers, the real life actors that played the Avengers to back her up on this one, and they can easily take you out, Stephen Dwarf. So, I mean, I would just stay in your lane, bro. And, and chronic. once again, you know, like I said before, he's very contradictory and everything when it comes down to his own comments and stuff like that, too. He's a has-been. Mm. He's washed up. I would never go and support anything he's doing. Oh, wait, I forgot. You don't have any major releases coming to uh, theaters. You only have straight-to-DVD releases. Oh, I'm sorry. You're not good enough to actually be – no one wants to actually do any type of things with you, Steven. But still, you're a douchebag for trashing Marvel fans, and you're also a douchebag for um, for going on ahead trashing Scarlett Johansson, who's an Academy Award-winning nominee. Well, I don't think she's won any yet. I think she's just been nominated. Right. She's been nominated, but still trashing her no matter what. That's something that I really don't appreciate someone doing. But yeah, I definitely recommend checking out JJ Rabbit, especially if I'm going to check it out. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Taiki Taiki YT is he, he, every time he was on the screen, I was laughing. You know, I felt kind of guilty, but it's his performance of Hitler's hilarious. But in real life, Hitler's a piece of shit. I would say yep, that. Definitely. Um, let's see. I know there was one more thing I wanted to mention, and I know that we're straight for time, but I just want to do this one little small thing. I've already read up on it. I already know. But as everybody knows, that Lovecraft Country got canceled after one season last year with HBO Max. Well, not HBO Max, but with HBO. But I had a good time watching Lovecraft Country stuff like that. I really loved the originality behind it. It was based off some books and stuff like that. It had a great African-American casting, people of color that I really liked. And also too, it had a little bit of fantasy mixed in with a little sci-fi, a little horror with elements and everything. Jordan Peele was actually the producer on it. 
But here's the thing. It got canceled after one season. I know everybody's blaming uh, HBO for not doing it, but I was talking to a coworker of mine, and it's a coworker that I entrust and everything because her and I, we talk about everything from under the sun, where it's politics, where it's uh, movies, stuff like that. But she's also someone of color. So, you know, I was able to entrust in her to give me her viewpoint on what she thought of it. And she told me the reason why that HBO frowned upon it was because of the fact that they wanted to do segregations, basically where you wind up having the monsters in that universe being segregated into one section while um, people of color are segregated into another um, into another section. And then you also have people that are white, Caucasian and everything in another sector. And then all of a sudden you see a rise of a supremacist, white supremacist. And I feel like, you know, don't get me wrong, after the events of what happened last year, I'm not going to get into the political thing over here because I don't do political stuff on here. But I feel like after those events and now that we don't have certain people around that cause some division among other people and stuff like that, I think that this HBO did the very best thing that they could do was say, hey, look, we're not going to go ahead and do that story and everything. We're going to move on from that and move away from that angle. But I also feel like HBO should have just said, okay, we're not going to go ahead and do that storyline or anything like that, but let's try something different. Let's try something else to where we don't have to put that kind of a political thing into it and stuff like that and go from there. Because I feel like, you know, it's given some time now. We're in a much, to me, a little bit more of a more breathing room than what we were before and everything to the point where we're not as uh, separated and everything um, as much as we were before, at least into my understanding, I could be wrong and on that stuff. But, you know, I just feel like we're past that in a sense. And even my coworker who happens to be someone of color as well, also said the same thing to me as well. It was just something that was laid up on my heart that I felt like I needed to address and everything with the HBO stuff as far as Lovecraft Country. So, you know, that's just my little two cents and everything. Everybody has their own opinions mm -hmm. and stuff like that too. I know people are not happy with the fact that HBO canceled Lovecraft Country after one season, but you know, I'm sure that other networks will probably pick them up and everything. It doesn't have to be exactly on HBO or anything like that. We've seen it plenty of times. We've seen Lucifer get picked up from CBS and over into Netflix. We also saw a lot more TV series that got uh, canceled and got and got put on other networks. So I'm sure that someone's going to buy Lovecraft Country. I'm sure it's going to be in a very good place. I'm sure Jordan Peele will still have his thumbprints on it. Yeah. But that's just my opinion. I think it has a better shot of getting another season on another network than the Watchmen yeah. series did. I mean, I gotta admit, I watched that Watchmen series with my dad. We were huge fans of the comp the movie. We actually hated the show. I think we didn't mm -hmm. like the direction of it. I just I was like, I was watching. I was like, just I just didn't believe it. A lot of the stuff I was watching, they they turned my favorite character into like a mob of criminals, and it's just like, come on! And then and then it just it just and then of course it ended in the cliffhanger. But it's just like I just didn't. I think I, I liked the movie so much better. I didn't really care, and that's why I always keeps clamoring. Oh, we need a second season. I'm like no, you don't. It the story doesn't 
foretell a second like second season. What are they gonna do? Like, I think I think the show kind of ruined the whole, kind of ruined the movie for me a little bit in the sense of my favorite character. They made him like not great, <laughs> or they made a mob of characters not great. And if you're wondering who my favorite character is, I was a Rorschach fan because I thought he was a badass in the movies. He was my favorite character in the movie, and I thought he was just great. I mean, Jackie Earl Haley like deserves so much credit for playing Rorschach in the movies. He's just a guy that didn't like that. He's like a, 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 a vigilante that didn't give a crap about what people thought, and he, and he did what he thought was best. And then he made him like made, made, you made him a symbol for bad ideas, and it's just like that defeats the whole purpose of what Rorschach was. <laughs> All right. So that's going to do it for our show today and everything. I do want to thank everybody that subscribed to our channel. Thank you to the 324 subscribers that we have. It's and, you know, yeah, three, yeah. I just want to thank you guys for the love and support that you have shown us and everything. We're going to be doing more Rambo reviews. And then Tuesday, don't forget, we're going to be doing our Tomorrow War uh, review at 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific Time on our YouTube channel as well. Uh, you guys can go on hand and get an audio-only podcast of this episode and many more episodes that we do here at Movie Lovers Unite. Another thing, too, is if you guys want to donate to the page, how do you do that? You're just going ahead and head over to gofundme.com forward slash movie loves unites podcast slash donate and donate maybe five to ten dollars if you guys can if you guys can't that's okay a simple share a simple like goes a long way and also subscribing also goes a long way for us here at movie loves unite also too if, if you want to go ahead and follow us on facebook and all you got to do is head over to our Facebook page at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Night over there underneath the same brand name on Instagram and on Pinterest as well. We do some sh uh, some shows here on stereo from time to time at Movie Lovers Unit over there. And then, of course, you guys can go on ahead and follow me under Movie Lovers Unit on Twitter as well. And for all your intimidations and wants, go to www.movieloversunite.com. And then if you got a sponsor and want to sponsor us or you just want to go on ahead and be on our show, just go ahead, email us at movieloversunite at gmail.com. And those are all the places that you can follow us at. And always until next time, guys, it's been real. It's been fun. I can't wait to do this again. And thank you again for your support. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And bye-bye.